one of our uh, customers in our uh, annual uh, events we call it zoholics uh, she threw up an interesting question uh, every one of your interfaces is amazing is good but why do they look so different from each other so staying with uh, the series of conversations we are having as part of uh, how zoho works uh, special outliers episode uh, i'm now with uh, one of the key leaders at zoho uh, rajendran dandapani hello uh, raj uh, uh, is uh, like i was just mentioning uh, you know i think i would just say it you know an iit madras drop out because people think of drop out as really cool uh, but more important uh, just to clarify <laughs> I didn't choose like uh, Bill Gates or Zuckerberg to opt out of this great in- university. I was kicked out. I just didn't do well enough. I had interests in other things. I was kicked out of the institute. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Even even more bold. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, Raj spends a lot of time on uh, the mobile uh, interfaces of things that Zoho builds and uh, has a deep design sense uh, around these products. um so raj it would be great to, to help us understand uh, how uh, you do these things at zoho welcome to the podcast <laughs> yeah well. so uh, let's start with the uh, concept of zoho itself and its uh, yet unfulfilled uh, mission to bring productivity and bring amazing collaboration to the workplaces around the world so when you have that kind of a uh, operating system for business up there in the cloud and when you have this interesting little device which is getting more and more powerful and smarter over time on your palm um you immediately start to think about big data in the clouds and small apps on your phones so big data small apps has been a, a, a real clarion call in the past 6 uh, 7 years ever since the mobile started making its appearance in the workplace in fact uh, if you visit glassdoor.com you will hear uh, a potential employees and current employees talking about uh, zoho and one of the highest voted upvoted perks that they think zoho offers its employees is um, a mobile phone an iphone when you are confirmed as an employee so the uh, principle behind uh, why we do that is we look at that as a second computer the phone is no longer just a status symbol or a comfort device for your selfies it is now a second computer and a more even more ubiquitous computer than a laptop and going forward the way things are in the next few years it might even be that you come to a conference room plug your mobile phone or even wirelessly sync it up with the television screen and you are on with your meeting you go home and then your tv becomes your computer screen and you are able to work and in between in transit your phone itself becomes your screen and you work on it so ever present ubiquitous computing on the palm of your hand and all the data the user context out there sitting so that is uh, a very important point big data and small apps and when you look at uh, some of the very large behemoth apps that we have like crm or even mail or um, uh, documents on the cloud or your our finance suite of products it is 
not at all sensible to have a one-to-one -one mapping from the web browser interface, which is something like 10 phone screens set next to each other. That's that large. So from there, translating it feature by feature, pixel by pixel onto a small screen is not the right way to do it. In fact, when you are at a computer, you are 100% focused on that job. And when you are on your mobile phone, it is usually on your non-dominant hand. While you are doing something else with your dominant hand, probably um, having your lunch or dinner or probably driving your car, hopefully not. So this non-dominant hand with only glances that you can steal at that phone without uh, being immodest or uh, breaking etiquette. So those are the moments that we want to capture. How can we make sense? How can we have a meaningful conversation with that data out there on the cloud? So we get user context, we get location context, we get uh, other things like what permissions does he have, what content does, uh, can he be shown, can she be shown. So all these put together and on top of all that, we try to minimize uh, the number of touches, the number of taps, or the number of uh, whatever clicks that you have to do to get your information. So it's already becoming a trend with uh, both iOS and Android. Um, they're talking about a post-app world where everything is a shortcut, everything is sitting there on the home screen, coming in as notifications. You use your messaging service like an iMessage or a, a Google Assistant interaction. Everything is exposed. And you rarely actually need to go into the app to get the work done. Have the app on your computer and the, comp the, the mobile device. And the mobile device takes care of um, presciently getting the relevant information from the cloud and alerting you based on time of day, location in the world, about what you might probably be um, uh, needing to look into immediately. So that's a very important uh, thing we are obsessing about. Um, and another thing that has happened because of that is we have started breaking applications up into five or six mobile apps. So CRM has a CRM mobile app, but additionally we have a contact manager, we have a leads manager, we have a visiting card snap uh, that can become a contact immediately, things like that. Because those are all the, um, again, the mobile moments you could call them. You don't need to wait for that whole app to open get the first download of all the information, all that, the moment is gone, right? We still haven't achieved the, uh, uh, the, the fleeting moment uh, photograph um, possibility on a mobile phone. Even today, I, I, something happens, I want to immediately say, no, it's still, I take my phone and all that. I should be able to do this, yeah. right? So that is something that we are yet to achieve. And that is something we are skating towards when we try um, building our mobile apps uh, feature-wise. When it comes to the um, user interface itself and how the uh, human interaction should work, uh, there is enough documentation out there and it's good enough if you just follow those guidelines because um, Apple does it Apple's way and um, Google does it Google's way and we actually made a mistake trying to do it Zoho's way. Uh, we said our mobile apps will look uniform between iOS and Android. And we later realized that Android fans were rabid about it. They were really, really focused on 
wanting developers to put in that extra effort to make their apps play the Android way. So that was something we um, uh, went a little down the wrong route and then realized that there is um, uh, no point bringing in a, a new mobile paradigm of uh, app building and app interfaces. And uh, now our mobile apps kind of play along to the guideline given by the... And another thing happened. Uh, our apps were so good and uh, these companies like Google and uh, Apple started working with us building early releases, inviting us for their conferences, and even um, uh, recommending that we apply for App of the Year awards and so on. And one of the first uh, checklists that we kind of banged against was, does it follow the human interface guidelines given by Apple, given by Google? So out there, dear friend, if you are trying to build an amazing app and you want it to win an award, like us has, like. There's an app called Zoho Notebook, which has won awards both at Apple and Google. If you're looking at getting some award like that, it's better to toe the line. Their app ecosystem is too large for you to go out there and say, I will do it my way, right? So that is the uh, second thing I wanted to tell you about. The, yeah, no, I think you, yeah. you captured everything. Uh, you have answered all my questions that yeah. I had. Okay. Uh, one thing, uh, Raj, uh, the things that you do, at Zoho today, is it a science fiction way of looking at them? Like, say, 10, 10 years down the line, uh, what are the truly, you know, uh, possibilities, outlandish possibilities in things that you do? Like, people read science fiction today, okay, they are flying cars. Right. What is that equivalent for in things that you do? Right. So, uh, today there is this um, obsession with the keyword artificial intelligence <laughs> and machine learning. I strongly recommend. Uh, uh, to all our listeners that they watch a TEDx talk, uh, rather it's a TED talk, 2003 by Jeff Bezos, uh, Amazon CEO. He talks about uh, the time when electricity was just getting into cities and he says the killer app for electricity was actually the bulb. So houses didn't get electricity, they got bulbs. Electricity was just the conduit. And in fact, in the early years of the electricity invasion, every house had only a bulb socket. If you had to run a toaster on it, you had to unscrew the bulb, unscrew the socket that from the toaster into the bulb socket. Similarly, if you had a washing machine, you had to unscrew the... Sounds unbelievable, but that's how it was. So, Bezos says in 2003 that the internet is now at that stage of evolution in 2003. I would like to paraphrase him and say, artificial intelligence today is in that phase. Right? He calls it the Hurley washing machine phase. The Hurley washing machine was very large. It had twin tanks. It had to be placed outside the house. It had a long wire running so that it could be plugged into the bulb socket. It didn't have an off switch. All appliances during that time didn't have an off switch because nobody wanted something connected to the socket all the time and an off switch here because you would unplug it and put the bulb on. Okay? So why I took so long to even talk about this is there is obsession about this thing called special intelligence. That is, can an intelligence be invented that will play the game Go? Can an intelligence be programmed that can defeat anybody in chess? Can an intelligent uh, agent be created that will respond to all my customer calls? That is the 
concept of special intelligence narrow focused domain specific intelligence what we are yet to get a good grasp of is this concept of general intelligence which is can an additional layer of meta intelligence be programmed that will identify which domain to get into and what kind of special intelligence to trigger right you can give a, today you can give a neural network 10 million games of chess and it will learn the rules of chess and defeat you in chess amazing but what if i don't tell you it's even a game what if i don't tell you it is played in 64 squares can that meta layer of intelligence be programmed so i with my own limited uh, knowledge of crystal balls i can tell you that in the next 10 15 years we will move from narrow domain specific intelligences to a real equivalence like the baby when the baby is exposed to fire it reacts and understands that it's not touchable when it sees a toy it identifies it with other toys that she has seen and then starts liking it starts working with this kind of wetware that software that can mold software to behave better so that is something i don't know if we can even do it but that is the uh, next uh, um, you can say uh, frontier where it comes to um, technology science fiction yeah, thinking yeah. Yeah. no no clearly yes and i love the way you put it across. yeah <laughs> thanks thanks thank you raj this, mm-hmm. this was really exciting mm-hmm. conversation so this does help me get a sense of okay. what you do and what you feel okay so stay this way thank you thank you <laughs> so i have uh, probably one last thing to talk about when it comes to interface design uh, there was a time when zoho was actually talked about as an engineering company Oh, uh, even today it's an engineering company we spend much more on technology than we do on marketing ourselves and uh, we were an engineering company at that time uh, user interface design was actually done by engineers who had a, a little gig on the side with uh, html tools and graphic tools but over time i think it paralleled apple's own rise the second coming of steve jobs uh 2005 to 2009 the ipod came we realized how good a music player can get even if it doesn't have a delete button even right so things like that when we started uh, seeing what can happen when beautiful software marries amazing hardware uh that's when we started getting max also in our office you remember that so uh when that started happening we started getting good at design and uh, we were able to even see reflections of it in our forums and the way people outside talked about us there were people who threw up screens of our interface and said look at this this is good in fact there's a website called littlebigdetails.com so it appeared there and we were thrilled wow that's interesting but today uh, in the past couple of years we have started realizing that individual brilliance is no longer enough so as recently as a couple of months ago one of our uh, customers in our uh, annual uh, events we call it zoholics uh, she threw up an interesting question uh, every one of your interfaces is amazing is good but why do they look so different from each other right that's an interesting question and we are back at the drawing board and we are now building that happened 2 years ago we are now building 
packaged interfaces. We are not just throwing these products together and calling them a package. But whenever some six or seven of our products come under a single umbrella, we are actually asking them to strip naked, if you can use that word, come in and I will give you a uniform dress. Right? That's important. Our CRM Plus product, for example, is not just you go into the Zoho shop, threw some uh, seven or eight things into the shopping cart and came out with a discount. That's not what CRM Plus is. A CRM Plus is a re-engineered interface where the boundaries between uh, a customer support help desk product and uh, um, uh, customer relationship management product blur. You don't, it's almost as if uh, it's like when you, uh, when you drop a sugar crystal into water and you drop a salt crystal into water, these crystals are no longer around. It becomes a saltish sweet liquid solution. You can't really zoom in with a microscope and still identify, oh, this is CRM, oh, that is desk. That is the beauty with which we have re-architected the whole interface. And people are appreciating it. So packaging software is not just about putting things together under a single sign-on and getting away with it. You need to, uh, we also see that in the team structure too. There is a separate team called CRM plus UI design which obsesses over how will the customers who have purchased more than one product under the CRM plus suite of products will, will engage with the software. Right? And the same thing continues all the way up to our Zoho One product. When somebody has gone whole hog and have subscribed for our Zoho One, we have started telling ourselves, we have started telling our customers, Zoho is not a multi-product company. Zoho is a single product company with 44 features. CRM is a feature. Mail is a feature. Right? That is the way we are looking at it. So when you start looking at it as a single product, an operating system with 44 different features, they better play well together. Right? So that's a nice disciplining moment uh, for us. And we had to keep our uh, uh, creative urges to strike away and uh, uh, tangentially into something else. We had to keep them in check. And uh, things are working out. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love right. your anecdotes. Thank you. Thank you, guys.